But yet, but yet we are. Uh, we're going to talk about the body of Christ, the body of Christ and how we're hooked together. So isn't that a good way to introduce the message? I think it is. And so go to Ephesians chapter 1, if you would, in verse 22. Ephesians 1, 22. Ephesians 1, 22. It says, and he, that's talking about God the Father, put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and gave him, gave Jesus to be the head Over all things to the church, which is his body. So the body of Christ is the church and the church is the body of Christ. It's important that you realize that, that if you're a member of the the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are a member of the body of Christ. And I always like to review this. When you become a member of a local church that's good and wonderful, how many of you know God has a local church for everyone? He, he, he does. And he has an assignment for you in that local church. And we'll talk more about that as we go. But just because you're a member of a local church does not mean that you're a member of the body of Christ. Did you hear me? How, how many you realize that? Just because you join a church does not make you a member of the body of Christ. To become a member of the body of Christ, you must be born again. Do you understand that? You have to repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that instant of time, in that just that quick, you get born again and you become a member of the body of Christ. Okay? Now then, after you become a member of the body of Christ, after you become a member of the body of Christ, then you need to be water baptized. But water baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't help save you. Do you understand that? You, you understand that? A lot of people trust in, in water baptism to get to heaven. Water doesn't wash away sins. Only the blood of Jesus does. Okay? And then people will, you know, after you get born again, you need to find that church where God has for you. And you need to let God choose your church. Don't you choose it. Don't let your friends choose it. You let God choose it. He knows where you're supposed to be. He knows who your pastor is. Okay. And, and, and but, a lot, uh, you know, again, a lot of times people think, well, I'm a member of a church, so I'm, I'm born again. I'm saved. No, uh, becoming a member of a church is something that a born again person ought to do. But becoming a member of a church won't save you. Real loud, say amen. amen. So you repent of your sins. You place your faith in the Lord Jesus. You get born again, you become a child of God, you get placed into the body of Christ, okay? Then after that, then be water baptized, then hook into a local church and all of that, okay? But it's important because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. You're not a member of the body of Christ until you uh, receive Jesus and get born again. And that's the only thing that will get you into the body of Christ and, 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 and make you a Christian. Do you, are we clear on that? Have we made that clear? Okay, and so so then you become a member of of God's church and you're part of the body of Christ. And we've been talking over the last several weeks about revival. I believe God wants there to be revival in in, in not only in this church, but in the land, but specifically in this church and uh, is what we've been talking about. And we need to have a revival in our identities. We need to know who we are. If we're going to be all that God wants us to be for him, we need to know who we are in him. And so, of course, last week I spent the whole message talking about in him realities, who we are in Christ. In Christ, we're more than conquerors, you know. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. And, and we went through all of that last week. 
But now this week, what I want to talk more specifically about is our function in the body of Christ. So, of course, that's why I had that little cartoon there, because it introduced this message so well. Our function in the body of Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 27th verse. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 27th verse. Now, we're going to read several passages in 1 Corinthians 12, but I want to start off with the 27th verse in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, in the Amplified Bible, but, and I want to take a moment with this. Notice what the Bible says here. Now you, talking about born-again believers, now you collectively are Christ's body. And individually, you are members of it. Each part severally and distinct, now look at this next thing here, each with his own place and function. Now, now we need to think about that. Each with his own place and function. I want to say that again. Each with his own place and function. Every one of us as born again believers has a place and a function in the body of Christ. And I want to challenge you today in a very loving way and asking you, do you know what your place is in the body of Christ and do you know what your function is? You need to be able to answer that question. Now, if you can't answer that question, then you need to start working on it today. And you need to get yourself, if you're ever going to be all that God wants you to be, you need to be able to answer this question or these two questions. What is my place and what is my function? What is my place in the body of Christ and what is my function? Now, if you can't answer those, I'm not putting you down. I'm just lovingly challenging you and saying that if you want to be all that God has created you to be, You need to be able to answer these questions. What is my place in the body of Christ and what is my function? Uh, That may be a little a little vague to people, so maybe I can make it more more practical. Didn't we say just a moment ago that God has a local church for everybody? Yeah. So let's put it this way. This might be a little easier for people to grasp. What is your place in the local church and what is your function in the local church? What is your place and what is your function? You see, if, if somebody is, is, is a Christian and they don't attend church regularly, well, they're not in their place, are they? Are they? Doesn't the Bible say that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together? Remember, in the body of Christ, assembly is required, right? Okay. So if someone's not going to church regularly... They haven't found their place. Or, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? If, 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 they, if you ask somebody, where do you go to church? I don't go. Well, do you, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, yes, I have. Well, they're born again. They're saved, all right. They're going to heaven because we're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus. But that person, that Christian, hasn't found their place, have they? Have they? And they certainly don't know what their function is. And you see, I, I've seen a lot of Christians over the years, they do find their place. They, 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 they do find their place. They, they, God directs them to a 
a, a local church and they, they find their place, they find their church, God directs them there, but they never find their function within that local church. You need to realize that that you have a function within the local church. God hasn't called you to just come and sit. You need to realize that. Okay. Now, thank God there's a time like we're doing this morning. We're assembled and you're sitting and you're listening. But then, then you need to go on beyond just the sitting part and find your function within that local church. Whether it's greeting at the door or, or working with the children or, or ushering or hostessing or, or on the worship team or, or whatever the case may be. It, it may be that your function here is just to go and encourage other people that, that are here on Sunday morning. We all can do that. We'll see that in a moment. So ha- have you found your place and have you found your function? Okay. Are you okay? All right. And so that's what we want to kind of talk about here as we go on. Now, let's go up to verse 12. First Corinthians here, 12, 12. Now, I'm going to read these verses in the New Living Translation. And uh, there are a couple of times we'll zip over to the Message Bible because it brings some good things out. I normally use a New King James, but sometimes these other versions help us see things better. Notice here, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, New Living Translation. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screen. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up... Uh, one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is going to be doing here, and he does this quite a bit, is he, he compares the body of Christ with the human body. And that, that makes perfect sense. So let's look at verse 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. You see this isn't this isn't water baptism here. This is when you get saved and you get you get placed by the Holy Spirit, you get baptized or immersed or sealed into the body of Christ. Now notice verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, "I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand," that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Just think about that. If the whole body were an eye. Makes me think of an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Just an eye. Some of you don't know who Alfred Hitchcock is. How many knows who Alfred Hitchcock is? Her Twilight Zone? Rod Sterling, you've entered the Twilight Zone. An eye. Well, the body of Christ is not just an eye. Because if it were just an eye, how would you hear? Look at verse 17. If it were just an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were just an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where He wants it. That's such a key right there because there's so many people that I've met over the years. Get so frustrated because they want to be something that they're not. And you need to realize what God has made you to be. And you need to realize this. And I've had to learn this. You're not going to be happy and content until you are being what God has created you to be. And if he's created you to be a foot in the body of Christ. And you, of course, want to be a nose. You'd be, dis- you'd be discouraged and whatnot or this and that and the other. But in the end, after many, many years, if you're a foot, you're not going to be happy unless you're being a what? A foot. 
Because you're not going to be happy and content in your heart until you're functioning the way God has created you to function. Okay? Um, God has put each part just where he wants it. Uh, I'll, I'll say this now so I don't forget to say it later. I guess I've seen this. Uh, and I'll use a ministry example, but, but you'll be able to relate to it, is like pastors and traveling ministers. Pastors and traveling ministers. Now, a pastor will typically say this. Boy, I wish I could be a traveling minister. Because just think about it. Those traveling ministers, they get to travel, and they don't have to be around the same people all the time and they're always meeting new people and and they get to you know see different scenery and and, and they've got fresh new people all the time and 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 I I you know uh uh I just as a pastor I just wish I could be a traveling minister and I cuz you know as a pastor I just you know looking at the same people all the time and and I want to be a traveling minister that's what pastors a lot of times will say but then when you talk to traveling ministers guess what they're going to say Boy, I wish I could be a pastor. I have to travel. I'm always on the move. I'm always looking at strange faces. I don't know the people that I'm that I'm preaching to most all of the time. Did I make sense in that example? So pastors, God's made them to be a pastor and stay in the same place. Okay? They want to travel because they think that's glamorous. They don't like being around the same people all the time. And it gets, you know, mundane and whatnot. We want to travel and meet new people. So they're not happy as a pastor. But if God's made them to be a pastor, you can travel all you want. But you're at the end of the day, you're not going to be happy unless you're what? Pastoring. But then the traveling minister, because I want to be sure I got this right. Traveling minister will say, well, I travel, I'm always on the move, I don't know where I'm at half the time, I can't remember what hotel I'm in, I can't remember what city I'm in. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to be in one place and, and just have one group of people and not have to travel and just, you know, I know them, they know me. And You see, a traveling minister a lot of times wants to be a pastor and a pastor wants to be a traveling minister. But if God's made somebody to travel, they're not going to be happy unless they're what? Traveling. And if they do settle down in a place, they're going to get bored and stale. And because God hasn't made them to stay in a place, he's made them to travel. And likewise, the pastor, if he's traveling, he's not going to be happy unless he's pastoring in one place. Did you get that? And you need to realize it's human nature to want to be something that we're not. Have you ever noticed that? It's human nature to want to, to want things that we can't have. See, you need to find out what is your place, what is your function, and then be the best you that you can be. Talking about identity here. Find out what is your place, what is your function, be the best you that you can be. And at the end of the day, take it from me. You're not going to be fulfilled and content and happy until you found your place, you found your function, and you're operating the way God has set you to be. Can you say amen to that? It'll eliminate so much frustration in your life. Look at verse 18. God has put each part just where he wants it. How, now look at verse 19. How strange a body would it be if it had only one part? So we've talked about that. Verse 20. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Look at verse 22. In fact... Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Actually, I would like to read verses 21 and 22 in the Message Bible. Verses 21 and verse 22 in the Message. It will be on the screen. 
And notice what the Bible says here. Listen to this. Can you imagine the eye telling the hand, get lost? I don't need you. Or the head telling the foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the lower the body part, the more basic and therefore necessary. Now think about this. This is so good. Watch this. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. I mean, if you had to choose between being an eye or a stomach, I think I'd rather be an eye. Because an eye gets to see all kinds of things, all kinds of neat, wonderful things, right? But the stomach never gets to see anything. But you can't live, according to this, you can't live without your stomach. I don't know, maybe medical science, they might be able to concoct something where you could live. I don't, can you live without your stomach? Let's change it. We're not changing the Bible here, but let's go to pancreas. I know for sure you can't live without your pancreas. Right? Something goes wrong with that. That's not good. Okay? But how many people want to be a pancreas? I mean, the pancreas doesn't get to see anything. Right? And the eyes get to see all the... Or the ears, you know, they get to hear all kinds of wonderful things. Or the hands, they get to touch and feel. But the pancreas never gets to do any of that. You know, a lot of people don't even know they have a pancreas. Is that right? You didn't think we'd be talking about pancreases today. But a lot of people don't even know that they have one. But do you know you you won't live very long if something goes wrong with your pancreas? You need to take real good care of your pancreas. You can live without an eye. You can live without an ear. You can live without a hand. You can live without a foot. But you can't live without a pancreas. But you never see the pancreas. It's not seen You know, so many people want to be seen. There's a lot of people want to work behind the scenes. There's a lot of people that that, uh, uh, you know, if you ask them to get up and speak, they don't want to because they're comfortable behind the scenes. Those are really nice people to work with. But sometimes people want to be seen. They want to be seen. And they think that the pastor is more important because he's up here being seen. But do you know that the pastoral office can't function if you don't have door greeters out there? Can't function very well. Can't function if we don't have sound people back there. The sound people aren't seen. The projection people aren't seen. You're not looking back there at them. You're looking up here at me. Is that right? But I can't function if we don't have them. And then the children's workers and, and, and so on. So, but you see, a lot of times you think about the things you can see that they're the most important. But when you get right down to it, they're really not. You can function without an eye. But you can't. Li- you can live without an eye, but you can't live without a pancreas. But yet nobody can see the pancreas. Most people don't even know they have one. Did you hear me? Now look at verse 23 back in the New Living Translation. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. Well, the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Now, I like to read these verses 23 and 24 out of the message. Let's let's read these out of the message. When it's a part of your own body uh, you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed. Higher or lower, you give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. Now, let's stop right there. 
How many of you are concerned about every part of your body? How many of you are concerned about every part of your body? I'll help you. I'm concerned about every part of my body. I want my pancreas working real good. How about you? I want my hands working real good. Let me ask you, do you think that my hands are all for my feet? You know what I mean, all for? I need to work on the people here a little bit. My hands are rooting for my feet. Right? Uh, my hands don't want my left foot to get cut off. You getting where I'm, what I'm trying I need to explain a little bit. Are right, you getting it? How many of you would like it if I said that, hey, I've got a saw up here. We're going to cut your little toe off. Hmm? We're not going to take the whole toe. We're going to just take the toenail. We're going to rip the toenail off. Oh, I got their attention now. Would your eyes be wanting to keep your little toenail? So are your eyes all for the little toenail? Huh? Yeah. Do you think the little toenail is all, all for my left hand? Yeah. Do you think my little toenail will want my left hand to be cut off? No. You get where I'm going with this? I mean, the body parts, there are many parts, one body, but each part is for the other. How many of you, uh, you think your head is rooting for your heart to make another beat? Yeah. You know... With our bodies, that's the way it is. We're root, each part is rooting for the other to do well. But I haven't always seen that with the body of Christ. It's very sad, isn't it? I've actually seen it over the many years of doing this where a, 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 a church member will leave the church and a pastor will want that person to fail because they left my church. I'm not saying I've done that. I've seen pastors do that. Or I've seen a church member leave a church for whatever the reason. And they'll want that pastor in that church to fail. Now you know that as well as I do. Because after all, they, you know, they left that church. So now they want that body to die. That's not in line with the word of God, is it? You know? If God repositions somebody out of one church into another, we should be rooting for that person, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? We should be rooting for them just like we'd be rooting for our little finger. Is that correct? And if they leave, they should be rooting for us to do well. They'd just, be, they'd just been transplanted, right? Have you heard of a heart transplanter? Sometimes God will transplant people. He will do that once in a while. Did you know that if God is in somebody leaving one church and going to another, if God is in it, there will be no turmoil and it'll be a blessing on, on to everybody. Did you know that? Did you hear that? If God's in it. And, and, and the person that leaves will be rooting for that church to do well that they left. And the pastor will be rooting for those people to do well in their new, in their new planting. Is that, did you get what I just said? So we ought to be rooting for one another. Uh, I want to say this so I don't forget to say it later. Sometimes people get... get, get you know, we was talking about a while ago, the pastor wanting to be the traveling minister, the traveling minister wanting to be the pastor, you know. But sometimes people get bored with their function. Like, let's talk about lungs. Can we talk about lungs for a minute? 
Now think about lungs. Your lungs, all your lungs have done since you've been born is air in and air out. Is that correct? Air in, air out. Air in, air out. Air in, air out. Air in, air out. Do you need me to do that a few more times or do you get it? And then I'm 52 years old plus. I don't look at look 28. I look like 29. But I'm teasing. Air in, air out. That's all the lungs ever do. But how many of you glad your lungs are doing that and that's all they're doing? How many of you glad of that? How many of you would like your lungs to stop doing that? That's not a good deal, is it? So the lungs, it's a mundane job. Air in, air out. Air in, air out. Air in, air out. That's all they ever do. 52 years, that's all my lungs have ever done. Air in, air out. But I'm sure glad that they're doing air in and air out. Aren't you glad your lungs are doing that? You know, some people, are their, their place and function in the local church, all they're ever supposed to do is, is greet people at the door. Shake hands, shake hands, shake hands, shake hands. This gets boring after all. Shake hands, shake hands, shake hands, shake hands. But you know those greeters out there are some of the most important people in the body of Christ. And you know, if that's what God has set them in the body to do, they're not going to be happy unless they're what? Shaking hands and greeting people. Did you get what I just said? Now, look at verse 24 here in the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 24. If anything, you have more concern for your lower parts than your higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? <laughs> this crowd, you gotta let, they gotta think a little bit before they, gotta catch up to them. Yeah. Good digestion, let's choose. Good digestion or full-bodied hair. You know, my wife, she's beautiful, and I've told her many times over the years, Honey, you have beautiful hair. Your hair is so beautiful. But you know, not one time in 26-odd years of marriage have I ever said, You know, honey, you've got a beautiful digestive tract, you know. Because I can't see that. But I can see her hair. But how many of you want your digestive tract working real good? Yeah. And if you've ever had any digestive problems, you know right well how important it is to have a good digestive tract. And you have some digestion problems, uh, you'll say real quick, you know, I'll take a good digestive tract over a nice, beautiful head of hair any day of the week. I may not be the right one to talk to about hair. I made a good trade, huh? Good digestion over here. But you know, I wore that silly, we're talking about identities. I wore that hairpiece all those years. Now, if you're visiting today, you, I don't have time to update you and all that. But I, I, I start losing my hair when I was about 20 years old, and it was traumatic. And then when I got married at 25, and then uh, about 29 years old, I, I got a hairpiece. Because I saw a friend of mine and I said to him, I said, you know, I wish I had a head because he, he had a beautiful head of hair. And I was I, this is, goes back now. I'm 52. This goes back to when I was about 26, 27. And, and, and he had a beautiful head of hair. And we were driving down the road and, and I was driving. and He was sitting inside of me. And I, I don't know how we got talking about it. But I said, you know, you, you, you have a beautiful head of hair. I mean, I wish I had hair. I, I wish I had your hair. And no more than I said that he pulls his hair off and throws it in my lap. 
<laughs> and I just about ran off the road, you know. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. He just might get. And so he hooked me up with his his hair, his, his barber, and I went. And I had the hairpiece, and I wore. But you know what? I that hairpiece was a pain in the in the neck. It was just. I mean, you can't even go to Six Flags and ride the roller coasters because I mean, your face is gonna gonna fly off of your head. And it was really fun that day. We had the church picnic, and they put me out there in that water tank. How many remembers that? Yeah, and I'm out there, and, 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 and the whole time I had my, I had my spare hair piece on, cause I didn't wear my good one, I wore an older one, and I put, taped it on real good, and put my hat on, and I'm out there, you're dunking me in the water. How many remembers? I always had, now you know I always, always had my hand on my, on, 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 on my, on my, I didn't want that hair piece to go floating on top of the water. We're talking about identity. And then the day I finally confessed to you that, remember the day I came in here and said, have you ever noticed anything about my hair? And a hush. Fell over to cry. And I said, I have a confession to make. And it really got quiet. And I said, have you ever noticed my hair? And you all looked and it got quieter. I said, this hair isn't real, really mine. And then Sister Karen stood up back there and said, yeah, it is, Pastor. You paid for it. <laughs> and she was right. And you know, I was never so glad to get rid of anything in my life. After I confessed, and, and most of you knew it was, a, it was fake anyway. But I look better. Don't I look better now? Thank you. Losing 60 pounds didn't hurt anything, hurt, hurt anything either. But be that as it may, when we got home that day, I took that, remember, and I threw, I threw that hairpiece away. Plus, I threw all of my spare ones away. Got rid of it. Identity. And you know what? I feel so much better now that, that, that I am who I am. You see me. What you see is what you get, you know. But anyway, how did I get off on that? I don't know. I thought maybe you'd enjoy hearing it again. But if you had to choose, wouldn't you rather have good digestion over full-bodied hair? Now, let's go on and finish this up here. I don't want to preach too much longer. Look at verse 25. This makes for harmony among the members. Other translations say that there should be no division in the body so that all the members care for each other. Shouldn't we be caring for each other? So I've already talked to you about that. Look at, look at verse 25 in the Message Bible. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. Verse 26. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. We've already talked about that. So, folks, if we just start living like this, things would be so much better, wouldn't, wouldn't they? I mean, if the, if the whole body of Christ and the nation would feel this way about one another. Look at verse 27 now. All of you together are Christ's body, New Living Translation. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of, of now, now as I conclude the message here, I want you, I'm going to center in now on what is your part. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Now, not too many people are set in the body as apostles. Some are, but not too many. Prophets. Some are, not too many. Teachers. Some are, not too many. And those who do miracles. Some are, not too many. Gifts of healing. Some are, not too many. Say, so, well, where am I? I? I know I'm not an apostle. Somebody might say, I know I'm not a prophet. I know I'm not a teacher. I, maybe you are a teacher. Maybe God's called you to teach in the children's church. I, I don't know. Miracles, uh, gifts of healing, uh, you know, though you can pray for people that are sick, certainly. But here's this next one. Those who can help others. Real loud, say, that's me. That's me. Uh, those who can help others. Real loud, say, 
Everybody can do that. I just found something that everybody can function in. Helping others. Those who have the gift of leadership, some people have that gift, some don't. Those who speak in, in unknown tongues or in tongues, and, and much we could say about that, and, and I believe in speaking in tongues, certainly, but without teaching on that today. Then he goes in verse 29, he says, are all apostles? No, certainly not. And we, we can answer that. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do we all have the, the power of miracles? No. Do we all have gifts of healing? No. Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret tongues and all that? Of course not. But did you ever notice as he's going through the list, he never talks about, should we all be helpers? You know why that one's left out? Did you ever notice that one's left out? The reason he leaves that one out is because it's an astounding yes, we should all be helpers. Real loud, say, I should be helping others. Everybody's called to be a helper. So if you're here today and you say, I, I know I'm supposed to be here in this church, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Helping. I can answer that right from the Bible. Helping. Helping. You're supposed to be helping. Helping others. Verse 31. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Now look at Romans 12, verse 4. Go there quickly. Go there quickly. Romans 12, 4. New Living Translation. Just as our bodies have many parts. See, Paul uses this again and again. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. See, he's using this example of a body again. Verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as he's given you. Okay, but somebody said, well, I, I just know, I know that I'm not supposed to be doing that. And, and not everybody is. But look at verse 7. If your gift is, what? Now, now you can highlight that in your Bible. Because everybody ought to be doing that. Everybody ought to be serving somebody else. You know what I mean by helping? Helping in, in some way? Helping somebody? You know, what I'm, you know what the Bible's saying? They're serving in some way? So if your gift is serving others... Serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. And there, there again, I understand not everybody's called to teach. But look at this next one. If your gift is to what? Now, folks, everybody can. And some people are better at that than others, I know. But we can all be encouragers. Now, I know some people are especially called to encourage. But, 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 and I know some people are especially called to serve. But we can all serve in some way. We can all encourage in some way. Is that right? So for starters here, if you're sitting there saying, I don't know what my function is, well, it would be helping others, it would be uh, serving others, it would be encouraging others. Everybody should be doing those things to some degree. If it just smiling at somebody, you know, just smiling, isn't smiling at somebody better than frowning at them? Yeah. And then it goes on to say, if it is giving, give generously. And there are some people that God raises up to, to be givers and, 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 and they, they support the work of, of God, you know, financially and whatnot. But this giving doesn't just have to be financially. How, how many of you know we all ought to be tithers and givers? The Bible's clear on that. And I, leave, I say very little about that here in this church. I leave that between you and the Lord. But we all ought to be giving in some capacity. And you need to remember this. God does not look at amounts. He looks at percents. That way everybody can be equal. Aren't you glad God's that way? 
and I need to say this. If, if you've got a guy that has, he got 100,000, what's a tithe on that? It's 10,000, right? But if a guy gets $100, what's the tithe on that? 10. So which one put in more? The one that put in the 10,000 or the one that put in 10? Equal. Is equal. Aren't you glad we serve a God that way? It looks at things that way. But nonetheless, if we can all be givers, to, not just of money, but of our talents. And then he goes on to talk about leadership ability. If it is, there's some people that can lead real well, then, then, then lead. Whatever, maybe it's a department within the church. If you have the gift, oh, here's one. Here's one that everybody can do. Showing what? Can everybody do that? Showing kindness. Do it gladly. Okay? You get anything out of this today? What am I trying to do here? I'm trying to basically help you find your function in the body of Christ. Let's close in Ephesians 4. Let's close in Ephesians 4. Verse, three verses here. And we'll close. Ephesians 4.11. And he himself, that's, that's, uh, that's God. The Lord Jesus, you know. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now he's talking about the ministry gifts there. And I realize most people aren't called to those. But why does God give these parts of the body, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints? See, so there you have the whole body. He lists the ministry gifts. Then he talks about those who aren't in the ministry. But why are the ministry gifts given? They're given to equip the saints. Remember we talked about who saints are last week. Do you have to be dead to be a saint? Right? No, not in the Catholic Church, you've got to be dead and, and, and have done miracles. And somebody told me last week that after you've, you're died, you have, people have to call on your name to do miracles or something Is in the Catholic. Now, we're not against, I'm not against the, the, the Catholic folk. I do believe they have the Jesus of the Bible, but they've got a whole lot of other things they shouldn't have in there. But without getting off on that... The Catholic folks think that, that, that only people that have, you know, like, like a pope and you've died and then, then they can come to sainthood. That's out of line with the word of God. The instant you make Jesus the Lord of your life, in God's eyes, you're a saint. Can you say amen? Is that right? So he said, for the equipping of the saints. It's talking about you. For the work of the ministry. See, God has a work for you to do. A lot of times people think that work has to do with the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. See, our work, my work as a pastor and a teacher, is to equip you to go out and do the work of the ministry and, and, and minister to people in your everyday life. Can you say amen to that? For the edifying of the body of Christ. And then verse 16, I want to hammer this home and then we'll close. Look at verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies... According to the effective working, so, so let's get this, the whole body, we should be joined and knit together, and every joint should, every part of the body should be supplying something to the other parts, according to the effective working, now watch this, by which every part does its share. I'll get, get a hold of that. Every part needs to do its share. Did you know that's not the case in most churches? Did you know that? Now, this church, we're, we're very blessed because we've got a, a large percentage of people that, that are involved doing something. But every part needs to do its share. 
Every part needs to do its share, whatever that is. Maybe your share is just smiling at somebody. Maybe your share is just encouraging somebody. Maybe your share is just lifting somebody up with a, with a kind word. But whatever the case, every part needs to do its share. And when that happens, what does it cause? It causes what? Come on, I want you to get this. It causes what? It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. But, but when every part is doing its share, what does it cause? It causes growth. So if, if something's not growing, then what can we conclude? That every part is not what? Doing its share. Is that, is that right? Now, I want to take a little time here and then we'll close. So if something is not growing, what can we conclude? Every part is what? Not doing its share. So if something is not growing, then every part is not doing its share. You look at a little baby a lot of times, and sometimes the baby doesn't grow quite right. And almost without exception, you'll find that there's some part of their body that's not working quite right. It's not doing its share. Is, Is that correct? And the same thing is true. Actually, the same thing is true with a local church. If a local church isn't growing, then what can we conclude? That, that there's, there's parts in that church that are not what? Doing their share. Now, usually the pastor gets looked at. Is that correct? And sometimes it is the pastor's fault. Sometimes he's not doing all that he, he, he can do. But sometimes it isn't the pastor's fault. Sometimes it could be that there's people in the congregation that aren't doing their share. And, and you know, it, it may just be as simple as you being a, 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 an encourager. And, you know, we've got such a wonderful atmosphere around here right now. It just I just love coming here. It's just so exciting to come here. I can't wait to get here on Sunday mornings. I just love it. But, you know, that wasn't always the case when we started the church. went for a long time. Everything was wonderful. And then we, we got uh, 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 went through a spell many years ago where, where I felt like driving up here on a Sunday morning. I felt, you ever, have you ever driven to your own funeral? Uh, it's got to, it'll catch him. It'll catch him. But there was there were some folks here they weren't doing their share and what I mean by that I don't mean that ugly I wish them well but you know I, instead of an encouraging word it was always nah, 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 nah. you know that's no good is it But thank God for transplants right But you know what if we're going to be all that God wants us to be we're going to have to find out our place. We're going to have to find our function. And we're going to have to do our share. And I can give you biblical certainty that if we do that, our greatest days are ahead. Can you say amen? Did you get anything out of this today? Now, before you stand up, now I'm done with my message, but I want to give you a little challenge here today.